Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Mikoroi Hawkins. Coming up first... During the evening when they didn't return, we sent a couple of dinghies for search that couldn't locate them. The family of four Papua New Guinean fishermen lost at sea are holding out hope for their safe return. Also, this is really the first time that the whole Pacific is back together and we're stronger than ever. The Pacific Islands Forum Special Leaders Meeting gets underway in Fiji and... To recognize that uh, small islands are, are small, they're remote, we have, don't have much access to resources. UN member states are being urged to finalize a high seas treaty to protect global marine biodiversity. There's still no sign of four missing Papua New Guinean fishermen that left Hanwabada in Port Moresby over two weeks ago. However, the coordinator for the search team, Motu Morea Lohia, still has faith that the fishermen are alive and adrift somewhere in the South Pacific region. Mr Lohia's brother and nephew are part of the group that left on the 7th of February. He speaks to Caleb Fotheringham about the search. How's everyone feeling at the moment? Especially the family ones, the ones that are married, especially their wives, they're downhearted and, you know, as usual, uh, in the circumstances that they feel very worried and missing their loved ones. The younger one, uh, which is, uh, is my nephew, he's 18 years old, so we were very concerned on how whereabout they are. So that's the situation currently. And can you just talk me through the search, what's happened so far? During that uh, evening uh, they, when they went missing, we learned that uh, after they haven't uh, written, prior to that day, it was a, a big uh, monsoon with uh, gusty winds at that time that experience. So during the evening when they didn't written, we sent a couple of dinghies for search that couldn't locate them. The question you raised, we did the local searches uh, through our uh, involvement of our villages, uh, nearby villages, also our villages uh, through the 20-foot dinghies. They've set a forest to the east side of Port Mosby. So you sent out dinghies the very same night, is that right? Correct, yeah. We commenced that time. The next day, it was the monsoon at that time. The visibility and uh, the weather was unfavorable at that time. They abandoned, and the following day we commenced again. What was the weather like when they went out fishing? During the morning, it was fine. Approaching uh, at the midday time, that's when the heavy monsoon, the southeasterly wind that uh, blew, that's the time that, you know, Many of the fishermen saw what was happening, so they all retrieved. The boys that went missing also were caught up, and probably through the motor breakdown in that manner that they couldn't make it back. And have you found anything yet? That's a very interesting part. Through the General City and the assistance of PNG Defence Force Air Squadron with the counterpart Australia Defence, they also went as far as uh, the eastern side of Port Mosby, the Papua region side, and they did the aerial search. And then uh, they're still in the analysis process, so it's current, but they did their part.
how come they haven't found any debris or any wreckage yet? Are people still feeling hopeful that these men can be found? At this uh, point uh, of time, you know, as a Christian nation, we have the faith that uh, and believe that uh, the good Lord in, in his awesome power and not all he might fingers crossed that when we have faith and believe that they still are drift somewhere in the South Pacific region or to your end at New Zealand or Australia. What are you doing at the moment in terms of searching? The resources we are constrained now uh, with the funding, so there's nothing much we can do now. We're still remaining in the camp that we set up. From a defense force side, they continue in their search. And also the broadcast was done by our NMSC, National Maritime Safety Authority, to all the port trafficking uh, uh, voyages or navigation uh, teams, uh, either New Zealand or Australia, to look out uh, during the voyages uh, trading. So once they head in and if they see them, they can rescue them. You obviously knew the nephew and the other relation. What were they like as people? These are young boys. Oldest will be the Teddy Eight. Uh, he's, he was a keeper of the what? And my brother, who was uh, Teddy One, uh, and the other one was 21 and 18. They were just young men. It's our livelihood. It's their livelihood that we've been doing this uh, over the years uh, for our sustainability. So... As weather was unpredicted at the time that they went out and thinking that into this fishing and then they'll come and sell them for their livelihood. So they're very humble. I believe that uh, through the stuff that they do, they're capable young men that were for survival to feed their families. Their lives in the community was, you know, very good standing citizens. Pacific leaders are meeting in Fiji to discuss and resolve issues affecting regional unity. Labelled as a significant milestone, the 5th Pacific Islands Forum Special Leaders Retreat began at Denarau Island, a tourism hotspot near Nandi, on Thursday morning. Kiribati withdrew from the forum last year, but its president, Tanis Mamau, has now been convinced to return to the fold and officially welcoming him back is the key focus of the special meeting. New Zealand's Deputy Prime Minister Carmel Sepaloni has arrived into Nandi on Thursday afternoon for the retreat. RNZ Pacific reporter Lydia Lewis is travelling with Aotearoa's delegation. Carmel Sepuloni says gaining trust across the Pacific is important now more than ever, particularly at a time where the region is so contested with China and America's growing influence. It's incredibly important. We have shared interests, whether that be climate change, whether that be security, whether that be stability. Both the US and China have announced a special envoy to the Pacific in an effort to bolster their presence in the region. The US has formally recognised the 2050 Blue Pacific Strategy, a long-term development pathway, and PIF Secretary-General Henry Puna says the strategy signed by the PIF leaders is on the special leaders' retreat agenda. Yes, we are the subject of geopolitical interests from around the world particularly when the Solomon Islands signed their security deal with China. But 
But it's the reunion of the Forum family that's the real focus of this meeting. How to welcome Kiribati back into the fold and to start work on delivering on promises made to Micronesia in the Suva Agreement last year. The President of the Republic of Palau, Saranga Whips Jr., is confident the Pacific Islands Forum will never be fractured again. This is really the first time that the whole Pacific is back together and we're stronger than ever. Ahead of this meeting, the Micronesian leaders agreed that Nauru will be afforded the opportunity to submit their candidate for the Secretary-General position, the top job. RNZ Pacific can reveal former Nauru President Baron Wanga's name is to be put forward. Let's turn a new chapter. Let's start from new and be able to allow for healing. Leaders from across the region are being welcomed to Dinaral by hosts Fiji. Kiribati President Thanes Mamao has arrived and has been greeted by Henry Puna. A warm embrace, followed by Kiorana Bro by Mr Mamao, a symbol of unity after a long stint of division. Thank you so much, Lydia. Um, tell us about the scenes there. Quite a lot of leaders that uh, we struggle to talk to day in and day out gathered in one place. Lots of handshakes, there have been lots of hugs, lots of smiles, and something that all of the leaders have repeated to me is that this is about unity, which we know about. So definitely a vibe of celebration uh, as everyone welcomes Kiribati back. I haven't yet seen Kiribati, um, their delegation, uh, but they're here, and that's what matters for the Pacific Islands Forum. Yeah, you travelled in with um, Kamil Sepeloni. Tell us a bit about um, what the Deputy Prime Minister has said about her participation. Yeah, for Kamil Sepeloni, this is uh, her first trip overseas as Deputy Prime Minister. It's a big deal for her. She has Pacific ties and she's standing in for the Prime Minister, who is currently in Hawke's Bay as part of the disaster uh, management and recovery phase of the national emergency. She said that she's meeting uh, with a number of leaders today. For her as well, it's about Pacific unity. An announcement from the Deputy Prime Minister is expected later tomorrow, but right now she is currently in a special leader's welcome in the Orchid Hall here in Dinaral. All of the leaders are gathering. You can hear the drums behind me as the leaders are welcomed into this hall for the special leaders retreat and she is one of them. Now uh, a bit of nuts and bolts um, obviously arrivals and the starting of the retreat today what happens on Friday? On Friday there are more meetings about presumably going to be nutting out the silver agreement and there's going to be an announcement later in the evening. Uh, we may find out whether or not Nauru's candidate uh, for Secretary General will be endorsed by the Pacific Islands Forum leaders. But of course, we don't know if an agreement will be made yet. That'll all be hashed out in tomorrow's meetings, among many other things. We've I've been told today by uh, different heads of state um, what their priorities are. We've got Fiamme, Naomi Mata'afa, Samoa's Prime Minister, who uh, wants to talk about RSC workers. So there will be lots of conversations going on behind closed doors, and we will bring you the latest on Pacific Waves. Thank you, Lydia.
Pacific leaders are urging UN member states to finalize a high seas treaty in the next two weeks to protect global marine biodiversity. Negotiators from around the world convened for the fifth session of the Intergovernmental Conference on Biodiversity Beyond National Jurisdictions from Monday at the UN headquarters in New York. Fiji's UN representative, Ambassador Satyandra Prasad, says nations have less than two weeks to finalize a legal binding treaty that is of far-reaching importance to Pacific Islands. Our states as individual countries in this could not be higher and uh, all our negotiators from different member states are assembled here. They'll be working very hard, they'll be working uh, 24-7. We will be in many, many negotiation rooms and we hope that the international community, that the countries beyond uh, the Pacific Islands will meet us halfway uh, in that uh, we will uh, deliver a far-reaching, forward-looking treaty that protects uh, uh, the high seas. The Pacific Ocean spans over 40 million square miles, but only a small part of that is protected through the UN Convention Law of the Sea, the most comprehensive mechanism to guide the conservation and use of the oceans. Prasad says UNCLOS provides protection for the seas that are up to 200 nautical miles beyond a country's exclusive economic zone. But beyond that, in international waters, there are no protections. BBNJ, Biodiversity Beyond National Jurisdictions, is the treaty which will provide some protection as well as uh, will provide uh, guidelines for how uh, should we deal with the commerce and science and uh, and commercial activities on the high seas, the seas that are beyond uh, our national jurisdiction. It is of crucial importance. He said Pacific Island Forum leaders meeting in Fiji this week will have an eye on the negotiations in New York. Palau's UN representative, Ambassador Ilana Said, says we have to treat the ocean as one ocean. And so there can't really be a mechanism for ocean governance that's just territorial because we use the example that um, it's like having a nice house in a bad neighborhood. So without proper proper governance of of the, the whole ocean, it's really hard to implement policy and regulations that um, create a sustainable ocean. She adds, small islands, developing states have unique challenges and these also need to be recognized in the treaty. So we were calling for a special carve-out for um, the special circumstances for SIDS in the document itself um, to recognize that uh, small islands are are small, they're remote, we don't have much access to resources, but we have a very important voice um, in terms of oceans issues. Both Prasad and Said were speakers at a side event hosted by Fiji and Sweden on how protecting the high seas helps to achieve the UN's Sustainable Development Goal number 14, which focuses on protecting the ocean. The conference concludes on the 3rd of March. That's Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Look at me for next time more.